Hello and welcome. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. I'll be reviewing the March market commentary provided by David M. Darst, Chief Investment Officer with Americana Partners. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. The first section I will be covering is called Where We Are. Please note that any charts or graphics referenced are available by request through our website. Let's begin. The first month of each year's Roman calendar originally began in March. Named after Mars, the Roman god of war and also an agricultural guardian, a deity combination characteristic of early Rome, with the months of January and February added later, following a significant reform of the annual chronology. As the son of Jupiter and Juno, Mars was regarded as the most prominent of the military gods in the pantheon of the Roman army. As father of the Roman people, Mars represented military power as a way to secure peace, and in the mythic genealogy and founding narrative of Rome, Mars was the father of Rome's early forebears, Romulus and Remus. Moreover, Mars's love relationship with Venus symbolically reconciled the two different traditions of Rome's founding, with Venus the divine mother of the hero Aeneas, celebrated as a Trojan refugee who founded Rome several generations before Romulus laid out the city walls. Amid these fraught and unsettled days of martial conflict, as the northern hemisphere of this world fervently yearns for more placid, peaceful, pacific times, May the month of March somehow, in some way, come to contain and foster appreciation of the same innocent wonder as that described by the beloved Canadian author Lucy Maud Montgomery, 1879-1942, in her 1908 masterpiece, Anne of Green Gables. They captured in their ramble all the mysteries and magics of a March evening. Very still and mild it was, wrapped in a great, white, brooding silence a silence which was yet threaded through with many little silvery sounds, which you could hear if you hearkened as much with your soul as your ears. The girls wandered down a long, pineland aisle that seemed to lead right out into the heart of a deep, red, overflowing winter sunset. As investors enter the third month of first quarter 2022, on average over the 94 years from 1928 through 2021 inclusive, the month of March, with its historical positive 0.5% price return for the S&P 500, is tied with October, also positive 0.5%, for the eighth place in the nine-plus decadal performance ranking. In February, the S&P 500 fell negative 3.1%, following a negative 5.3% decline in January, with the Nasdaq Composite declining negative 3.4% after falling negative 9.0% in January. After declining negative 9.7% in January, the Russell 2000 index of small and mid-cap companies rose positive 1.0% in February. Over the course of February, West Texas intermediate crude oil prices rose positive 8.6% from $88.15 per barrel on January 31st to $95.72 per barrel on February 28th. The global oil demand side continues to reflect healthy momentum in the global economy fuel shortages, currently low levels of inventories and spare capacity, and precautionary buying. While on the supply side, one, the Russia-Ukraine conflict has raised significant concerns about supply disruptions. Two, several nations, including the U.S. and certain allies, have again launched the release of circumscribed quantities of crude oil from their respective strategic petroleum reserves. 
Three, Iran continues with the nuclear talks begun on November 29th, which could in theory increase the supply of Iranian oil officially entering global oil markets if economic sanctions on Iran are relaxed. Four, facing pressure from investors to moderate growth and address their emissions amid concerns about increasing regulations and climate change, large U.S. and European oil companies have continued to spend sparingly to boost production, even as certain major oil companies are halting and or completely exiting their Russian activity. 5. Consolidating U.S. shale producers have exercised financial probity, have not excessively increased output in reaction to higher crude prices, have followed production discipline and exerted capital spending restraint, and 6. Following the 26th OPEC and non-OPEC ministerial meeting, via video conference on Wednesday, March 2nd, the group, which includes Saudi Arabia, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, Kuwait, Iraq, and other countries, agreed to maintain monthly output increases at its previously agreed pace of 0.4 million barrels per day. The 27th OPEC Plus ministerial meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, April 6th. During February, the U.S. dollar rose positive 0.2% versus the DXY index comprised of six major currencies— the euro, Japanese yen, British pound, Canadian dollar, Swiss franc, and Swedish krona. On February 28th, the DXY index was 96.71, up positive 0.8% from its close of 95.97 on December 31st, 2021. Despite being somewhat challenged by competition from modestly higher short-term interest rates over the course of the past month, the daily spot gold price as logged by USA Gold closed at $1,899.40 per troy ounce on February 28th, up positive 5.8% from its close of $1,795 per troy ounce on January 31st. February month and closing yield levels are discussed for 2-year, 10-year, and 30-year U.S. Treasury securities, and this data is used to compute the year-to-date 2022 yield level changes. For two-year U.S. Treasury securities, after rising 20 basis points in October, 4 basis points in November, and 21 basis points in December, yields rose 45 basis points in January and 26 basis points in February, where they are up 71 basis points since their closing level of 0.73% on December 31, 2021. Financial market participants have begun increasingly pricing in the Federal Reserve signals of impending policy interest rate increases in 2022, with two-year U.S. Treasury yields rising, even as they have simultaneously been expressing concerns that removing monetary accommodation too quickly might actually slow economic growth, with 10-year U.S. Treasury yields and 30-year U.S. Treasury yields rising at a considerably less rapid rate. For 10-year U.S. Treasury securities after rising 3 basis points in October, declining 12 basis points in November, and rising 9 basis points in December, yields rose 27 basis points in January and 4 basis points in February, where they are up 31 basis points since their closing level of 1.52% on December 31, 2021. For 30-year U.S. Treasury securities, after declining 12 basis points in October, declining 15 basis points in November, and rising by 12 basis points in December, they rose 21 basis points in January and 6 basis points in February, where they are up 27 basis points since their closing level of 1.9% on December 31, 2021. We will now discuss several other financial and real asset price movements that have followed the immediate and subsequent aftermath of the Ukraine incursion by Russia and the ensuing Russo-Ukrainian conflict. 
Financial and Commodity Market Reactions to the Invasion of Ukraine. Following several months of escalating tensions, ineffectual diplomatic initiatives, bellicose rhetoric, profuse disinformation, and significant troop reinforcements, beginning in the early morning hours of Thursday, February 24th, Russian President Vladimir V. Putin commenced a special military operation in Ukraine, landing troops and tanks throughout the country. This deeper military engagement followed by artillery shelling and missile strikes, Russia's Monday, February 21, recognition of two self-proclaimed Ukrainian states, the Donetsk People's Republic and the Luhansk People's Republic, combined with an initial incursion of the Russian armed forces to the Donbass region of eastern Ukraine. In the succeeding hours and days, Russia launched a considerably more extensive assault, with forces attacking several Ukrainian towns and cities and closing in on the capital city, Kiev. On February 24th, confirming that 137 people had been killed and 316 had been injured since the attacks began, with these casualty numbers having considerably grown since, Ukrainian President Vladimir O. Zelensky declared a national state of emergency, urged Ukrainian citizens to leave Russia immediately, mobilized reservists, and called on Russian citizens to oppose the war, which he said would lead to the death of tens of thousands. In response to Russia's military maneuvers, at a midday news conference on February 24th, President Biden condemned Russia's unprovoked and unjustified attack and announced a series of harsh new sanctions intended to punish Russia for its full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The new sanctions have since been tightened considerably include, among other measures, one, export blocks on technology, two, sanctions on Russian banks, and three, punitive restrictions on numerous individuals closely tied to the Kremlin. The White House also cited the commitments by Australia, Canada, the European Union, Japan, and the United Kingdom to take similarly forceful actions to hold Russia accountable. Despite a significant increase in equity market volatility in the final days of February and the early days of March, financial markets did not react to these developments in panic fashion due to, one, the possibility of a diplomatic solution emerging within the first few weeks of the conflict, two, the armed activity, human casualties, physical damage, and societal response reflecting fierce Ukrainian resistance and resolve. Three, the Russian military operations not being swiftly, conclusive, nor developing on their own or via unanticipated evolution to incorporate Belarus, Moldova, and other countries that border Ukraine and NATO members into what could deteriorate into an armed clash between Russia and NATO. Four, Significant cyber warfare measures not spiraling out of control and ensnaring local, regional, or global networks, and five, America's, Europe's, and numerous other nations deepened forms of support for the Ukrainian cause, not leading to intensified adventurism by state actors in other parts of the world. 1. Equity market volatility as measured by the Chicago Board Options Exchange CBOE Volatility Index, the VIX Index, initially spiked upward to the highest level in a year, remained elevated at 33.32 at the market close on March 1st. 2. Underlying equity market technical readings have continued to deteriorate since the beginning of 2022 with less than 40% of the S&P 500 members trading above their 200-day moving average. 3. Russian equity prices have sharply plummeted, dropping as much as negative 50.0% on an intraday basis, the day of the intensified Russian incursion, with the Moex Russia index of the 50 largest and most liquid Russian companies down negative 34.8%, even before the Moscow Stock Exchange has been closed by the Russian authorities on Monday, February 28th and Tuesday, March 1st. 
Four, the Russian ruble has plunged to a new post-millennium low versus the U.S. dollar, which as of March 1st equaled 109.65 rubles versus 33.9 rubles in 2014 and 28.6 rubles at the beginning of January 2000. Five, oil prices have risen dramatically, with nearby Brent futures reaching $112.94 per barrel on March 2nd, continuing their upward trend since the lows of early 2020 and reflecting potential disruptions to global oil supply. Russia is among the top three oil-producing nations, supplying in excess of 10 million barrels per day to global output, of which approximately 7 million barrels per day is usually exported. Six, in an attempt to protect the ruble, on Monday, February 28th, the Bank of Russia, the country's central bank, dramatically increased its key monetary policy lending rate from 9.5% to 20.0%. 7. Exhibiting some degree of risk-off investment sentiment, 10-year U.S. Treasury bonds have reflected buying activity and thus traced a downward path with 10-year yields closing at 1.73% on Tuesday, March 1st. 8. Gold has reprised its role as a flight-to-safety asset during episodes of unsettled geopolitical conditions, closing at $1,942.40 per troy ounce on March 1st. 9. As of 2019, pre-pandemic, Russia's exports totaled $407 billion and Ukraine's $49.5 billion. 10. Wheat prices have quickly risen beyond 2012 levels as of March 1st, with commodity markets' perceptions of reduced exports of wheat by Russia and Ukraine, which combined account for 33% of the top 20 countries' total wheat exports. 11. The second largest country in Europe after Russia, Ukraine's landmass spans 603,628 kilometers squared, 233,062 square miles, or 87% the size of Texas, and has a population of 41.2 million. Russian is the native language of 29.6% of Ukraine's inhabitants. 12. Prior to the imposition of significant financial and economic sanctions by the United States and a number of other countries at the end of February and in early March since 2014, the United States has sanctioned Russian entities 1,027 times of which 71.6% were initiated in response to the 2014 invasion of Ukraine. Now let's discuss pivotal portfolio positioning, strategic and tactical portfolio positioning. We believe it is important to keep in mind that the Russia-Ukraine hostilities are likely to maintain upward pressure on oil, natural gas, and other commodity prices, adding to inflationary forces, possibly causing monetary policy to continue its tightening course, interest rates to rise, and bond prices to decline, while at the same time posing a significant headwind on economic activity, causing economic growth to slow further, interest rates to move downward, and bond prices to rise. At the current time, unless serious geopolitical events introduce an entirely new set of background conditions, we assign a low probability to the Federal Reserve significantly altering its policy of increasing monetary policy interest rates and reducing the size of its securities portfolio, known as quantitative tightening. For bond investors, these considerations inform our preference toward 1. Below strategic allocation bond weightings, and two, a partiality for short and intermediate maturity bonds in the high grade end of the quality spectrum. It is also critical to remember that the Russia Ukraine conflict has introduced a classic headline driven financial market environment that may not abate for an extended period. We therefore expect increased volatility in intraday swings in foreign exchange, interest rates, cryptocurrencies, agricultural and industrial commodities, precious metals, equities, and energy prices. 
fluctuating financial and real asset prices remain one of our key investment strategy themes for 2022. To reiterate our investment strategy themes for 2022 and in preparing portfolio positioning strategies, portfolio positioning principles, and portfolio positioning tactics for 2022, we again respectfully pay tribute to the oft-quoted observation of the 34th U.S. President and five-star general Dwight David Eisenhower, 1890-1969, that plans are useless but planning is indispensable. With this wisdom in mind, our 2022 investment planning approach reflects and encompasses the following themes. 1. Growing but slowing. GDP, as provided by the IMF, estimated approximately positive 4.0%, and corporate profits, as provided by FactSet, estimated approximately positive 10%. 2. Transitioning. To a decidedly less stimulative monetary and fiscal policy backdrop. 3. Fluctuating. Financial asset prices and conditions featuring shifting performance leadership and increased equity VIX, bond, move, and currency VXY volatility. 4. Differentiating. With emphasis on greater discernment and selectivity in asset classes, managers, sectors, and companies. 5. Challenging. In an environment of elevated valuations, the easy money has likely been made. With the recent significant upward and downward moves in individual securities prices not a usual characteristic of bull markets. From a tactical standpoint, on a short-term basis in several instances involving the outbreak of armed discord, it has usually been a good move to buy the invasion. Having made a fortune in the exceptionally large financial market dislocations initially following the June 18, 1815 Battle of Waterloo, the renowned British financier Nathan Meyer Rothschild, 1777-1836, is credited with the saying, The time to buy is when there's blood in the streets. Recently adapted into the modern era by an author who quipped, The time to buy is when the crowds are all mesmerized by and watching CNN, and the time to sell is when the crowds are all mesmerized and watching CNBC. Considering a time frame stretching back to the onset of World War II, we consider 28 bolt-from-the-blue events to quote an often utilized phrase by our asset allocation and investment strategist, signature friend, mentor, and colleague, Barton Michael Biggs, 1932-2012, to of a geopolitical or political nature that led to significant equity market price sell-offs. From the start of the sell-off produced by an exogenous event, a median price decline of negative 5.7%. The median duration of the sell-off was 15 trading days with a median 16 trading days to recover to the prior level of the equity index. The median price return from the bottom of the sell-off was positive 3.3% after one week, positive 6.7% after one month, positive 6.5% after three months, positive 7.7% after six months, and positive 13.0% one year from the bottom of the sell-off. In our monthly portfolio positioning section, with the equities asset class, we would use intervals of price weakness to selectively and in stages upgrade the quality characteristics and or add to our balanced approach of one-third growth, jettisoning riskier, more egregiously valued companies, one-third value, including financials and energy companies, and one-third defensive, including attractively valued, dividend-paying healthcare and consumer staples companies. Recognizing the crucial role played by psychological forces and liquidity factors, the current environment demands calm, reflection, flexibility, a disciplined focus on fundamentals and valuation measures, consideration of hedging stratagems, decisiveness, and in a not infrequent number of cases, access to wise and especially experienced counsel who have lived through and profited from circumstances similar to those prevailing at the present time. 
Now let's discuss portfolio positioning. Portfolio positioning strategies. Following the S&P 500's well above average total return performance of positive 31.5% in 2019, positive 18.4% in 2020, and positive 28.7% in 2021, and in the one monetary policy transition to slowing yet still above average economic expansion, and three upwardly trending inflation environment. We believe that careful thought, planning, and attention needs to be devoted to the investor's most appropriate forms and vehicles for implementing the fundamental elements of asset allocation and investment strategy, which include 1. Diversification. While it does not, by any means, guarantee a profit or insure against a loss, diversification means having low and negatively correlated investment exposures that truly counterbalance price movements in other assets particularly during times of great financial stress and or rising financial asset volatility to rebalancing, which encompasses judiciously using concepts of reversion to the mean and market price dislocations to trim exposures to assets that have grown to represent too large a portion of the overall portfolio, while at the same time adding exposure to high-quality assets that have fallen out of investor favor and suffered significant, though deemed not permanent, price declines versus intrinsic value. 3. Risk management, which involves recognizing when markets have become consumed by unrealistic expectations. Meme securities, excessive speculation, momentum plays, story stocks and information overload, a situation that has pertained in recent experience to a number of companies in various parts of the cryptocurrency realm and the technology spectrum, and understanding the degree of liquidity, the true pricing realism, and the appropriate roles of short-term liquid securities, real assets, financial assets, and alternative assets during short-term geopolitical disturbances, and especially in decades-long or longer, regimes of inflation, stagflation, deflation, monetary disruptions, and currency resets. 4. Reinvestment, which encompasses knowing when to emphasize and trade off income versus capital growth, all the while keeping in mind the critical importance of discipline, equanimity, patience, perspective, cost consciousness, tax awareness, and longevity in capturing and compounding dividend, coupon, rental, maturing securities, and other incoming capital flows. And five, asset protection and husbandry, which encompasses considerations of current and likely future income, wealth, and capital gains taxation at the state, local, federal, and possibly international level, estate planning, relevant insurance design and structuring, cybersecurity shielding, portfolio monitoring and reporting, administrative expenses, forms, frequency, and means of asset access and asset custody. Portfolio positioning principles. With roughly equal weightings to growth, to value, and to defensive style rubrics, we continue to allocate a material exposure to equities. With prudent shifts between styles, sectors, geographies, and where appropriate, from a cost-timing tax liquidity and size standpoint, public versus private markets. Expressed are a number of themes that we believe should be taken into consideration over the next few years in selecting asset categories, asset classes, asset managers, sectors, companies, and security types. 1. Paying attention to the value of money. Taking advantage of rather than being taken advantage of by the consequences of money printing, internal and external currency debasement, government debt monetization, and the modern monetary theory approach that to some degree in the pandemic response era has been pursued by the authorities. Within shifting money and credit cycles to service America's massive explicit government and corporate indebtedness and the enormous implicit obligations of pension and healthcare promises. Two, concentrating on all weather sectors and companies. 
seeking investments with balance and flexibility that are able to thrive regardless of which political persuasion informs the thinking and policies of the White House, Congress, the judiciary, the state legislatures, and relevant domestic and international regulatory authorities, evolving environmental, social, and governance priorities and values, wealth distribution initiatives, and public health conditions, episodes of geopolitical tension, such as have pertained in recent weeks, entente and detente, and wider socioeconomic trends. Three, distinguishing between temporary and permanent change, focusing on the commercial and financial implications of new social and political power structures, alliances, and global associations, new energy sources and resources, new trade patterns, new on- and offshoring channels, new cost, logistical, supply chain, and transportation modalities, new work-from-home and work-from-anywhere employment methods, and new business models, pathways, digitalizations, and forms of person-to-person and business-to-business work, leisure, learning, and wellness activity. Four, taking advantage of demographic tailwinds through U.S. and select non-U.S. companies, gaining exposure to and meeting the rising needs, aspirations, and appropriate spending power of the rapidly expanding global middle class, especially in Asia. Five, comprehending and verifying past success, emphasizing companies and sectors that have demonstrated successful track records and past experience in competitive preeminence, abundant free cash flow generation, capital allocation skill, balance sheet strength, risk management, sustainably defendable business models, and the ability to sustain high multi-year returns on equity derived from revenue growth and favorable margin preservation rather than through disproportionately high levels of leverage, meaningfully above the companies and sectors weighted average cost of capital and six, identifying innovative and disruptive technology hegemons. Selectively and with discernment, focusing on technology enablers, disruptors, and dominators in diagnostics, biotechnology, and therapeutics based on CRISPR, weight management and well-being, public health, medical nutrition, regenerative medicine, artificial intelligence, data analytics, machine learning, 5G cellular network technology, the Internet of Things, infrastructure, robotics, retraining, quantum computing, battery inventions, alternative energy, virtual reality and augmented reality devices, hypersonic aviation, electric vehicles, and cybersecurity, while not least also taking account of the environmental, social, and governance risks, aspirations, and initiatives of companies in these and other fields. Now let's discuss portfolio positioning tactics. 1. Keeping things in perspective. Many of the overarching themes and conditions that influence our intermediate and long-term asset allocation and investment strategy emphasize the need to recognize that the concepts and implementation methods intended to achieve safety, balance, purchasing power protection, diversification, and liquidity are likely to face evolving and sometimes rapidly shifting taxation regimes, regulatory architectures, social priorities, geopolitical power relationships, price level changes, demographic trends, indebtedness levels, technological penetration and usages, financial structures, currency systems, and importantly, perceptions of the definition, role, degree of physicality, embodiment, and value of money itself. Two, flexibility versus conviction in formulating investment thinking. In seeking to determine when to adhere to and when to lean against prevailing consensus views, Such views may sometimes be pejoratively referred to as groupthink. It is important to critically question the soundness and durability of the reasoning and assumptions underlying a given investment framework and positioning at any point in time. 
while it at times may not make sense to hold out of consensus views often expressed as fighting the tape, at other times, especially at major cyclical or secular turning points, at a significant asset top, when reality is finally found to fall short of prevailingly overly optimistic expectations, or a major asset bottom when reality is shown to be worth considerably more than prevailingly overly pessimistic expectations. The rewards of implementing a contrarian stance can be quite meaningful. 3. Enhancing and preserving, even with some of the speculative fervor having markedly and broadly diminished in certain areas of the financial realm, we still confess to a degree of unease over the lingering manifestations of investor exuberance, and the popularity of certain stocks and sectors considered to be forever holdings. Our short-term inclination at this juncture is to take note of the Federal Reserve's explicitly lessening support of financial asset prices while taking advantage of episodes of asset price strength to continue the course of upgrading positions, offloading lower-quality, higher-risk assets, and with timing and price discipline, adding to attractively priced, higher-quality assets on equity market pullbacks. It is worth keeping in mind that the average year includes three separate negative 5% or more pullbacks for the S&P 500, with only one taking place in 2021, and one negative 10% or more correction that has taken place thus far in 2022. With Federal Reserve asset purchase tapering well underway, slowing growth in China, and in view of our expectation of increased asset price volatility in the months ahead, Prudence counsels being vigilantly aware of the narrow market breadth, along with the meaningful price erosion beneath the surface of the Russell 2000, NASDAQ Composite, and even the S&P 500 indices, while seeking to take advantage of such retrenchments as a key element of making significant new capital commitments. 4. Equity emphases and de-emphases. In the current conditions of generally rising U.S. Treasury interest rates, particularly at the short end of the maturity spectrum, and given the likely focus areas of government spending initiatives, to us it appears likely that cash-generating, financially stable companies with robust growth prospects, which are able to operate and thrive against a distinctly unsettled geopolitical backdrop and in the digital sphere as they continue to enhance their business models, deserve to retain some degree of evaluation premium, Within Equities 1, we recommend continuing to gradually shift emphasis from growth sectors, companies, and managers toward the inclusion of select value and defensive sectors, companies, and managers, with a focus on financials, energy, industrials, materials, COVID recovery, reopening, and consumer staple sectors, and a concomitant de-emphasis on companies and sectors dependent on access to low-cost energy. 2. We continue to counsel, very selectively adding small and mid-cap companies or investment managers specializing in and with good track records in this space to our primary, yet gradually moderating, emphasis on large capitalization enterprises. And three, for the time being, while we continue to prefer a tactical overweighting to U.S. domestic equities, with pullbacks such as those recently encountered viewed as an opportunity to sensibly add equities, particularly those sectors and companies likely to thrive in a less predictable economic environment, we also espouse holding or gradually building relatively modest allocations to global leaders listed in emerging and developed international markets. 5. Focus on strength and quality. Our long-term equity portfolio weightings continue to emphasize asset manager sectors and specific companies that can benefit from the major sustained trends of the 2020-2030 decade, including 1. Incremental growth in a wide range of economic circumstances, 2. A focus on economic and infrastructure repair, digitalization, e-commerce, personal wellness, safety, domesticity, 
home improvement and sustainable consumer demand, and three, advantageous capture of benefits from onshoring, supply chain redesign, and deglobalization as important drivers of capital spending and disruptive innovation. At the company level in equities, we emphasize identifying and building long-term exposure to firms possessing fortress-like cash-rich balance sheets, prudence in balance sheet utilization, limited debt, consistency, and durability of positive free cash flow generation, dividend strength, and competitive business models with abiding competitive advantages, high barriers to entry, low threat of substitute products, and viable pricing power vis-a-vis suppliers and or customers that over a long time frame can generate high returns on equity through revenue growth and sustainable profit margins rather than through unhealthily high levels of leverage. At the current time, we recommend that consideration be given to top quality companies in the healthcare, consumer staples, and financial sectors. 6. Balancing Growth and Value Sectors At its closing level of 2,688.27 on Monday, February 28th, the price return of the Russell 1000 Growth Index, symbol RLG, and including companies in sectors such as technology, healthcare, and communication services was, according to the Wall Street Journal, down negative 12.6% from its December 31, 2021 closing level of 3,074.99 while the price return of the Russell 1000 Value Index, symbol RLV, and including companies in sectors such as financial, real estate, energy, utility, and industrial businesses, was at its closing level of 1,593.22 on Monday, February 28th, according to the Wall Street Journal, down negative 3.8% from its December 31, 2021 closing level of 1,655.73. This 8.8 percentage point Value minus growth returns differential appears to argue for continuing a degree of balanced exposure in selected value sectors companies and managers, as well as in selected growth sectors companies and managers. As this process continues, it is worth keeping in mind that true value investing represents identifying assets that are trading for less than they are actually worth, not assets that are merely inexpensive. Many, superficially, inexpensive assets may very well be inexpensive for a reason and can very well remain so or deteriorate further. 7. Fixed Income Securities U.S. Treasury bond prices through February 28th have declined negative 1.1% in the 1-3 year maturity range, negative 2.5% in the 7-10 year maturity range, and negative 5.6% in the above 20 year maturity range. Historically low yields persist across the maturity spectrum. Even though yield movements have risen in the past month, they are likely to exhibit further increases over the course of the coming months. And outside the United States, according to Bloomberg, in mid-January, a dramatically lower total of nearly $5 trillion, down from $18 trillion in early 2021, was outstanding in global negative yielding sovereign and some corporate debt outstanding. We continue a preference for issuers at the high-quality end of the rating spectrum, both in taxable investment grade and high-yield bonds, and in tax-exempt bonds, where we see some pockets of value on a taxable equivalent basis. We view fixed-income securities as continuing to be subject to price risk due to our expectation of higher yields as 2022 progresses, and thus we prefer maturities and durations along the short to intermediate portion of the yield curve spectrum. 8. U.S. Dollar Outlook After declining negative 9.9% in 2017, appreciating positive 4.4% in 2018, marginally gaining positive 0.4% in 2019, 
and declining negative 3.4% in 2020, the DXY US dollar index measured versus a basket of six major currencies, the euro, Japanese yen, Swedish krona, British pound, Canadian dollar, and Swiss franc, had as of its market close of 95.97 on December 31st, appreciated positive 6.7% in 2021. On Monday, February 28th, the DXY US dollar index had appreciated positive 0.8% year-to-date, closing at 96.71. Over the next few quarters, given our expectations of the Federal Reserve, one, stepping up the pace of its projected policy interest rate increases, and two, commencing the process of reducing the size of its portfolio of U.S. Treasury and mortgage-backed securities, we believe the U.S. dollar may rise relative to major currencies including the euro and Japanese yen. Nine, alternative investments and real assets. In alternative investments, we continue our multi-quarter focus that has for some time emphasized exposure to 1. Commodities and real asset sectors of the economy including industrial metals, agriculture, and materials. 2. Gold and or gold mining ETFs, shares, particularly those miners with reserves in stable geographic locations, capital discipline, and cash flow growth. 3 high-quality master-limited partnerships with strong business models and sustainable dividend-paying capacity. 4. Select investments in private credit and private real estate. 5. And opportunistic strategies that are positioned to selectively derive meaningful value from the dislocations created by the geopolitical events and various mutations of the coronavirus, as well as the economic and profits recovery therefrom. This concludes our March Market Commentary provided by David M. Darst. David is Americana Partners' Chief Investment Officer. We are available to answer questions you may have regarding the topics discussed. If you'd like a full copy of the report, please visit our website at www.americanapartners.com and request to join our distribution list. Thank you for listening. This is Melissa Giles, Director of Portfolio Management with Americana Partners. Stay invested.